Talk. Identity. And access. Management. Welcome to the Identity at the Center podcast. I'm Jeff, and that's Jim. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jeff. How's it going? I'm good. And yourself? Good. Uh, you know, I thought I could uh, this week kind of open with a just sit here and complain about the fact that I'm moving this weekend. And everybody knows that moving is <laughs> one of the least enjoyable moments of life. Um, but I decided to look at it as an opportunity because today I scheduled my landscaping for the new house and I decided not to schedule it for Thursday afternoons when we record the podcast. That's a bonus, I guess, right? I, I think it's going to save me a lot of stress. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably a good thing. It's like always the worst thing that comes up whenever you're trying to do something around like a podcast or whatever is, you know, the audio quality. And, and you know, I'm a little bit of a stickler when it comes to that kind of thing. But I'm always afraid that, you know, there's going to be some kind of noise. It's going to be the landscapers, you know, whether it's for my place or the, the area that we live in or, you know, my wonderful dog, Duncan or Layla might be... Uh, shouting at something, some leaf in the front yard or whatever it may be, but... Uh, the one that you didn't mention, which was the time you said, Jim, what's that noise? Um, that's my ankle popping, Jeff. Uh, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> so, I am getting old, and yes, my ankle makes noise. Yeah, well, you know, my ankles make noise too, but geez, Jim, keep it to a dull <laughs> roar over there. Um, all right, well, I think that's enough of the witty banter section of the Identity at the Center podcast. Uh, what do you say we get into our topic and introduce our guests? And we... So we've got today, Julie Smith. She's the executive director and chief cat herder at the Identity Defined Security Alliance. You can find them on the web at www.idsalliance.org. Welcome to the show, Julie. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. And, you know, given that the name of the podcast is Identity at the Center, it was really just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely correct, right? I mean, it's 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 kind of important, right? Identity to security and and the way things are working around uh, the the world today. No doubt. Yeah. So before we get into the IDSA, um, one of the, my traditional first questions is talking about or asking our guests, you know, how do they get into the IAM space and and whether it chose you or you chose it. So maybe we can start there. Oh, that's a great question. Um, so yeah, my my background is uh, is technology, um, and so I've been in uh, in the work world for way longer than I'm willing to admit to. Um, and I've done everything from uh, tax software development uh, to uh, telecom to storage networking. Uh, and uh, about ten years ago, I guess, let's see, twelve years ago now. Um, I kind of started to see what was going on in my local community, which was Denver, because uh, my goal was always to work in a uh, headquartered company where I live. Uh, and then also saw the, this uh, interest in security. Uh, and as more and more people carried around smartphones and computers and you know, cloud applications were just getting started uh, in terms of the SaaS industry uh, about 12 years ago and saw that there was uh, this interesting space in security and uh, an interesting company locally called Ping Identity. So I've been in the identity and access management space for about 12 years. Um, started with Ping as a, in product management uh, and my kind of my focus was 
uh, helping to put together a roadmap that we could go out and communicate with customers about and get an understanding of, you know, what were their challenges and what tried to, types of things were they trying to solve and um, how did that inform where we, we were headed in the future. So um, that was that was about six years of my career. I moved into marketing um, after product management. So then I got an opportunity to not just learn the story from a product management perspective, but then tell the story from a product marketing perspective. And, uh, you know, great place to be. Um, it's interesting to me that now 12 years later, in some cases, we're still talking about the same things we were talking about 12 years ago. Um, and uh, I, I decided it was time to take a break in my career. And, and uh, so I took some time off, took some great trips, had a chance to think and decided I wanted to go explore the non-vendor world. So the services side of things and, um, you know, expand my horizons into uh, that solution provider space. So I ended up with a small consulting company uh, based out of Colorado Springs uh, that is now part of Proof ID. Uh, did some business development there. It got uh, a different perspective. So more around identity and security as opposed to just traditional identity and access management. Um, and then moved on to a little bit bigger fish in that space, Optive. And uh, my role there was to support the identity and access management uh, solutions business. So not just the product side, but also the services side. And how did we collectively go to market? Um, and I'd say that's kind of where I got much more interested in this connection between identity and security. Uh, you know, when I was back at Ping, uh, I worked a lot with Patrick Harding, a, a luminary and character in the identity and access management space for a very long time. And he and I would banter about this need to make that connection that identity was so much operational and it really needed to be um, a key focus for CISOs and the security teams. And, and when I got to Optiv, that was uh, something that I had carried with me. And, and I engaged with the, the group at Optiv that was advising CISOs. And these guys were former CISOs and started talking to them about, you know, hey, what's your view on identity? And um, why, you know, why have you not really cared about it in the past? And it's like, that stuff's too hard. And, you know, I'm more focused on reporting up to the board around what's our security strategy. And, you know, identity is that operational thing. It's not not really considered a part of security. So um, that's kind of a long-winded story about uh, how I've uh, evolved my career and, and why I've become so passionate about this identity and security connection, which sort of led me to where I am today. Yeah, I was going to say, Jeff, so does that get a check mark in the um, Julie chose security or security chose Julie? I don't know. Um, hmm. That's a good question. What do you, oh, let's leave it to Julie. Did, so let's answer the question. Did, did I am pick you or did you pick I am? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I think I picked an interesting company in my community that I then found out was a really interesting and fun and exciting place that had a lot of long-term growth. How about that? That's a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> I know, I'm good at that. I actually have to be diplomatic in my role. So yeah. <laughs> you'll find that I may be very diplomatic throughout our entire conversation. That's fine. I mean, this is just a conversation about identity and access management between a bunch of old friends. So that's all good. Exactly. <laughs> so Julie, now you've run the IDSA. Talk to us about why that organization exists. Maybe give us a little bit of history on the organization. Yeah, so I, I mentioned two companies uh, in my, my history, um, Ping Identity and Optiv. And the, the 
Ping Identities has been around, or excuse me, Identity Defined Security Alliance has been around uh, for a couple of years. It's it started out as a technology integration program. Um, so, you know, pulling together a group of vendors with identity being the primary uh, focus of that with a couple of other, what I would consider more traditional security companies. Um, and, and then Octave got involved and, and that was where I uh, got involved with the organization. Um, and at the time there were other identity and access management companies out there and privilege access management. So CyberArk and SailPoint um, were advocating for a very similar concept through their technology integration programs. Um, and so I worked with another uh, character in the identity and access management space, Robert Block, who was at Optiv at the time. And, and we would have discussions around, you know, this, this thing is interesting as a program within a company, but it's much more interesting and could be much bigger if we actually took it to a place where it was vendor neutral and we elevated above the concept of integrating technologies together, but got into a bigger space and a bigger conversation around identity and security and the connections there and why that's so important for security folks to understand identity and you know what kinds of things could we do uh, for the community that could help them be successful and so uh, long story short in 2019 um, i spun it out as a uh, non-profit standalone entity uh, and we've been around for about a year and a half now we've got 24 members uh, it's a combination of identity and security um, players. Some are, you know, long-time identity players. Some are new to the identity space. We've got solution providers involved as well. Um, so those folks that are um, kind of sitting above the vendors and, and consulting with companies and uh, recommending solutions for them and helping customers solve challenging problems. And, and then we've also got a customer advisory board that, uh, is made up of a number of security leaders, uh, some cases CISOs that represent the practitioner community for us um, and help guide our mission and, and help make sure that we're heading in the right place and, and having an impact on the community and then they can go advocate to their peers as well. So it's a relatively young organization only, like I think you said a year and a half, uh, and you've got a pretty good, you know, who's who in the IM space from a membership perspective. Companies like CyberArk, Okta, SailPoint, Savian, Omada, Optiv, Centrify, Beyond Trust, et cetera, Ping, right? Um, are there, I guess, what is the audience that you're looking for when it comes to the IDSA? Are you focused more on the technology vendors themselves? Uh, are you looking for, you know, um, membership outside of, of that? Maybe, you know, practitioners, those sorts of things or, or something else? Yeah, so our target audience, and you know, obviously these are conversations that we have. I have a group of um, very talented senior executives and about six companies that sit on the board. Um, so fun to be a part of that group and, and have them advising me. Um, and we have this conversation. So who is it that we're really trying to help? Um, and, you know, for a while, I would say that we were focused on the identity community. Um, and, and then, you know, if you take a step back from that and you say, well, if you're talking to the identity community and you're telling them about how important identity is to security, uh, you're kind of preaching to the choir to a certain extent. Um, and so, you know, we kind of pivoted a little bit, I would say, as a sort of a small little scrappy startup has a tendency to do and said, you know, where we really want 
to play and where we believe we can really help is if we target that security community. And it's not just the CISO level, but it's all the way down to the architect and maybe in some cases the implementer with some of the things uh, and the resources that we make available. But let's, let's talk about and educate why identity is so important. You know, we've, we've done some, some research um, on our own that if you think back to, you know, at the end of, uh, it was probably in, in 2013 or 14, the Verizon data breach report um, had started reporting that identity was the key attack vector. It was the cause of the majority of the breaches that were occurring out there. And so despite that number being put out there, you know, for whatever reason, identity, probably because I think people perceived that it was still pretty hard to do, projects were long and difficult, but the security team really hadn't embraced it. So we said, let's go and, and let's really try and create resources and education and enlist a group of people who are part of our uh, mission and, and believe that identity needs to be core to security and let's go and educate the community. So our target really is, our target audience is educating those security practitioners that are trying to um, address these challenges. They're trying to make their organizations more secure um, and you know teach them about how they can achieve those things, uh, how they can become more secure through identity using those existing investments that they've already made, right? I think that's, that's probably another key part of it is that people think about a new security strategy, they may start to get a little scared about, well, now I'm gonna have to go make a huge investment and a whole bunch of new tools. But in reality, it's really just about sharing the identity context across all these different technologies um, and bringing together uh, the smarts and making smart access and authorization uh, decisions um, that then can protect your data and your assets that are you know, so important. So we're definitely um, targeting the security community and the end practitioner. You know, we also are looking to bring in more of the security vendors. You know, we've had conversations on occasion about is our name a little too uh, intense, you know, putting identity at the center of your security strategy, identity defined security alliance, does that then put off some of those security vendors? Um, it's interesting to me when you, you know, when you're out, at conferences when we used to be able to do that um, or even searching the web that you see these security vendors are talking about identity now so uh, it's really just about bringing those two communities together uh, not just from a practitioner perspective but all from also from the vendor community perspective as well it's obvious that Jeff and I buy into the identity at the center uh, kind of strategy I mean it's it's something that we talk about a lot in Jeff and I work together in, in doing advisory services and essentially helping uh, companies define their strategy and we fully buy into the identity concept and I think when you look at different frameworks that are getting a ton of popularity like zero trust I mean it really depends on knowing who it is who's accessing your systems and having good controls about that um, you know you, you mentioned your research we did an episode back in May I think uh, it was episode 44 about um, identity of work in progress. Uh, really great research. And it led me and Jeff to kind of scour your website. There's just a ton of content out there. Um, so what I would recommend for our listeners, the, the IAM practitioner, if you will, or you know, whyever you decided to listen to this podcast, um, go out and check out the website, the idsalliance.org website. 
for a ton of, of the content. But Julia, I guess the question in all this is, you know, kind of beyond the research, what is it that you do? What are you making available to the public? I mean, I just see a ton of stuff out there, but maybe you could just take a moment and describe what is out there. Yeah, sure. And I, I really do appreciate you guys. Um, I was unaware that you were going to do that. And so I was super excited to see uh, your podcast where you had talked about that research. So yeah, and, and that was actually our second research study. We had uh, done one last fall. Um, the first one kind of focused on more organizational and motivations and alignment and, you know, tried to better understand how identity and security were being managed in the organizations. And so that's also available out on our website. So we've got two different research papers um, that both in their own way highlight this importance of identity and security um, together and, and not just, you know, the technology side of it, but also making sure that you know, you're addressing the ownership side of it, and there's things that you can do from an ownership side of things uh, and better align motivations and priorities and incentives and strategies and all those things. Um, so I encourage people to take a look at that as well as the research report you guys talked about as well. Um, so in addition to research, you know, it, we've got a pretty rich blog. Um, I would say that, you know, we when we first started out, again, back to this kind of scrappy startup idea, you know, kind of trying to find our way and where do we really provide value to back to the community and and our we had this lofty goal of creating a community and you know oh if we create this online community people will come and it'll be great and you know they'll they'll interact with each other virtually etc. Um, not so fast, my friend. That's a, a lot more challenging than uh, than it may seem. And so we pivoted to content and said you know gosh we've got 24 companies. There are super smart people in these companies, and I'll be the first to stand up and say, I am by no means an expert in this space, um, and the value I bring, I think, is pulling that group of people together and kind of mining. I, you know, I call myself almost like a museum curator sometimes, but mining um, the smart people and the content and you know, the intelligence that we have in, in this great membership um, and turning it into blogs um, and articles, byline articles, so you'll see we're starting to get published more and more. Um, we're doing a lot of speaking engagements, and in most cases, it's our customer advisory board that are, are talking about identity security from their perspective. So what have they done um, in their organizations, and how do they see, um, you know, how do they see success based on what they've done? And, and I think that's the best way for practitioners to learn um, about this topic is hear from their peers. Um, and, and in that vein, we've also published a number of uh, customer, I should, should say a number, we've got not as many as I would like to have a customer story. So we've got two poster children companies, if you will, who have implemented zero trust uh, using technologies that they already have today and, and have helped provide uh, sort of implementation stories and, and guidance and lessons learned from, uh, from what they've done in the last year or two. Um, so that's just kind of, you know, content that's available from an educational perspective. I would say the, the big thing that we've been working on, um, and it's, again, kind of shifted and morphed a little bit, and I think we're now where we really want to be and we look forward to expanding it, but is around our identity-defined security framework. And the framework is made up of best practices, and in most cases, at this point, these are around just identity and access management foundational best practices. So what are the things that... Um, that organizations really ought to put in place. We're not necessarily saying that that is 
uh, has to be there before you start thinking about an advanced concept like identity-centric security. But these are things, you know, best practices. You should be doing these things, and it's certainly going to make your um, identity-centered security strategy better and more effective. Um, and then, you know, what we launched in May, which I'm super excited about, are, are a library of security outcomes and implementation approaches. And these are uh, 16 today, um, but we will be expanding security outcomes. And so, you know, this is where I think the rubber meets the road. It's, you know, what are the outcomes that organizations are hoping to achieve uh, when you're bringing identity and security technologies or even just thinking about an identity-centered approach to security? And then what are the implementation approaches to get there? Um, and we certainly recommend best practices and implementation and, excuse me, security outcomes. Um, but there are implementation approaches, and in most cases, there's multiple for each of those security outcomes. And that's because there are different ways to, dare I say, skin a cat. I hope my cat doesn't get mad at me saying that out loud. But there's different ways to approach these and achieve these outcomes. And so we're here to give you alternatives. And then you can work with your vendors, your solution providers, if you have one. Um, but you know, tap into these resources on if I'm looking to put MFA in front of all of my privileged accounts or today we talked about uh, on a webcast that I just published today, we talked about continuously discovering access rights, not just user access rights, but privilege access rights. What are the technologies you need to do that? And how do you put those things together? And what are the different approaches to help you achieve that particular um, that particular outcome and, and why? Why would you even want to do it? So I think the framework really is sort of the, the main uh, body of work, if you will, that we've been working on. And, and I, I'm super excited about that content as it exists today. And I'm really looking forward to where it's going to go because the, you know, the, this is definitely a problem that people are trying to solve, become more secure. Um, reduce the number of identity-related breaches, and I think we've got a really good start at helping customers do just that. I'm really impressed with the information that's on the website because I look at articles, you know, obviously quite a bit as part of what we all do, right, as, as far as, uh, you know, our, our jobs and our roles and careers, et cetera, and I actually found your best practices uh, framework via just a native Google search. So, Kudos to the SEO <laughs> on that on that article. But what I thought was really good about it was that it's something that I can point to and say, look, if you don't know anything about identity and access management, right? Or you know, you know very little, let's say, and you want to get, you know, get kind of up to speed quickly, I think it's an excellent article. And we'll have a link to this in our in our show notes as well for the people who are listening and, and want to check it out. But it really does a good job of kind of breaking it down at a very high level. I don't think it's too technical. I think it's very digestible. So I'm really, I really like that best practices uh, article that's out there. And then I also really like what you're talking about the security outcomes because there's a lot of times where you know people might mention um, you know wanting to achieve a certain task and they're not quite sure where to start with it. Um, I think you put one out in May around like continuously discovering um, accesses or entitlements or something on those lines. And the way that it was formatted. Um, you really kind of described what you're going to need, you know, from a software or a service perspective, you know, what is it that you're trying to do? And some of the more importantly, what are the prerequisites to be successful with that? So, um, you know, my hat's off to, I think you've done a really great job with the content itself and, you know, whoever, whoever's writing it yourself and others, you know, my, my, I tip my cap to them and it's something that I, I definitely would, 
you know, link out to, to folks that are looking for, you know, more information to, uh, as Jim likes to say, sharpen the saw, so to speak, when it comes to identity and access management. So um, I'm really happy to see and hear that that kind of content is going to continue to kind of flow because I think people do learn um, specifics. Uh, they learn specifically when they can point to examples, right? Here's how Adobe did it or Logarithm did it, which I think are some of the customer sources you've got on the website. But uh, more importantly as well, you know, what doesn't work? Right. Sometimes you might be trying to do something that another organization tried to do and they and they encountered issues that you maybe not have thought of. So I think that's just as important as to, you know, how to do it as opposed to not how to do it, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. And just a couple of follow on thoughts, actually, as you're saying that. So, you know, the best practices, I mean, I don't. I don't um, believe that our mission is to go and educate people about the nuts and bolts of identity and access management, right? So I think organizations like ID Pro, you know, who are trying to create more identity and access management professionals, you know, we partner with them um, to provide them content and, you know, try and create awareness amongst their groups. So I, you know, we, our best practices are, um, you know, are intended to be a little bit above that and then kind of set the stage for where you're going next. So we're very much about, you know, partnering with other like-minded organizations um, in this space for sure. And then, you know, I think the interesting thing you touched on about Adobe and Logarithm and, and our customer advisory board and some of the, the webcasts that we've done where we've done panel discussions with, with this group of people that are, you know, super smart and are in these security leadership roles and it's just interesting to hear them talk to each other um and and the last one we did you know we had a moderator and this was actually under the um identiverse umbrella but uh, we had a moderator moderating questions but then the participants started asking each other questions and it was just really fun and interesting to hear um these folks you know talk about what they're doing and share best practices and you know eric anderson from adobe uh, said to the CISO of robert half clint naples you know hey let's talk offline because i can help you um, implement a zero trust initiative and it's really not that expensive and it's really not that hard actually i think he did it uh, adobe did it with the technology they already had in play and so it's just you know that's the kind of thing when we have those conversations either in a panel or uh, at a at a session at RSA, those are the kind of things that we'd love to figure out how to take online, and then really the entire practitioner world could get access to that information. So, you know, I think that's the fun part of this is when we do get those people uh, just having fireside chats, even though you know 100 or 200 people are listening um, and and sharing best practices. So it's super cool. Um, it's a lot of fun as you can tell. So, no, I think this is the community piece that you've been talking about. And, you know, we may envision the community being some kind of message board in the beginning, but I think what the community really is about is about networking and practitioners helping one another. And, you know, I, I think that's all of our roles is to help our, I, I think that's one of the coolest things about security is that um, even competitors can, uh, work together when it comes to security and best practices, because these aren't things that um, that provide kind of a, a competitive advantage, right? We're not, uh, oh, the, we're the more secure bank or the more secure retailer. I think it's in all of our benefit to make the internet more secure and to make our 
organizations more secure. I, I take no, I, I would think that all of our practitioners take no joy in seeing another data breach just occurred, right? It's like that, that makes me feel a little queasy every time I see it uh, because I don't think that that um, makes, you know, gives any advantage to company A that their competitor had a data breach. I think that just brings us all down. And so I think um, by having that community, you know, just furthers the industry, furthers our, our field uh, to make things better. Um, Julie, I think you made it, you gave us a really good coverage in terms of what the IDSA is doing now uh, to kind of further, further the mission. Uh, I'm wondering what's next? Where are you guys taking this going forward? Yeah. So to, on your point about, and, and then I'll talk about where we're going next, but on your point about um, coming together and, and, you know, let's, hate to use, you know, more language, but let's battle, right, these folks that are trying to get access to our, identi our identities. Um, I think that is, I think that is an interesting, uh, an interesting part of our discussions, right? So how can we leave the vendor hats at the door and let's come together and, and talk about how we can help uh, everyone become more secure. And, and one of the ways you do that is you put yourself in the shoes of the cyber criminal. And so we do have a webinar. I'm just going to put in a shameless plug here uh, coming up. And there's actually a blog that I published this week too around hacking identity. Um, and so we've got a gentleman named Jared Brennan coming on and he's going to, he's a former pen tester. He's going to talk about, you know, what are the attack vectors that cyber criminals are after as it relates to identity and then tie those back to the outcomes. So that's kind of a, a, an interesting topic and, and it's September 3rd, but it'll be out on the demand as well for those who listen to this later. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, just as excited as I, I am about everything we've done so far. I'm even that much more excited about uh, the new technical working groups that we've just kicked off uh, last month, actually. And so we, we reached out to our technical working group, and that is, you know, members of all of, all of our companies, and in some cases, multiple members. And these guys are product, um, you know, product management people and strategy people and technologists and folks that are dealing directly with customers and just smart, smart people that are in the, have been in the identity and security space for a long time. And we polled them and said, what is it that you're hearing from your customers? Where should we go next? So, you know, zero trust has been a hot topic uh, for quite some time. And now remote work, working, uh, securing your remote workforce is a hot topic. And so we've kind of been working on those two things. But, you know, what are, what are the, the interesting things that you guys want to explore that will then help, uh, you know, help communities or, or help our community as they start to tackle these problems? And so we kicked off six. Um, and actually, there was one already in process, but we had six new technical working groups in July. Um, Beyond Best Practices is the first one, and that's really intended to, you know, take that body of work we've done already already, and, and expand on it. So where else can we go in terms of um, helping organizations with just foundational best practices um, that they should be implementing in their organizations? Um, DevSecOps. Right, so the emergence of, of DevOps and now the security aspect of DevSecOps and, and what's happening in that space today and, and is identity playing an important enough role in DevSecOps? You, know, you think about access and authentication. I mean, that stuff should be baked into those applications as they're, you know, they're getting spun out of these um, fast development organizations and fast development cycles and making sure that security is baked in as they get deployed. So that's a, an important one, um, I believe. 
artificial intelligence and machine learning and identity. So what's the role that, um, you know, those two new technologies play as it relates to identity and, and where is that going? Um, and we've already seen some of that stuff um, emerging through risk-based authentication and, you know, using user behavior analytics to inform access decisions so that, you know, maybe let people in if their behavior deviates or, or um, doesn't, doesn't deviate, excuse me, and then block them out if they do. So, you know, advancing that AI and machine learning as it relates to identity um, is the third technical working group. Customer identity and access management. I'll tell you that up until this point, you know, just given the nature, I think, of where we grew up, we focused primarily on employee identities or, you know, workforce-related identities. So um, those identities that are more known to you, for example, and now we're expanding out beyond employee identities and starting to look at the security aspect of customer identity and access management. There's a, you know, whole space there around uh, branding, but um, and user experience and the marketing driven elements of customer identity and access management, but you need to start thinking about privacy and consent and, you know, the security of those customer identities. So we've got a work, working group focused on that. We'll continue our zero trust efforts um, and continue to expand the body of work there. Um, NIST comparison, you know, there's a number of NIST security frameworks and, and we found in our research that about half of the companies that we surveyed are using some sort of security framework already. And so they, but yet they don't always highlight identity to the way we as a community believe they should. And so that group is really about mapping our security outcomes to the NIST frameworks. And, and that may be, you know, the cybersecurity framework, it may be um, the new zero trust framework that uh, was just released yesterday, the day before, I think. Uh, and then the last one is really, what are the things that organizations can do to prepare um, for identity-centric security? So are there organizational uh, things that they can put in place? Are there technologies that they may be missing? There may be gaps in their technology stack that can help with an identity-centric security um, strategy. You know, just what are those things that uh, that'll help you prepare for um, getting to that that place and what are the questions you need to ask uh, and who are the stakeholders that need to be involved in those kind of things. Um, so those are the new working groups. Um, I, you know, that is certainly a place where we would love to get the voice of the practitioner community uh, to come in and, you know, we're we're primarily vendors. We've got some customers through the customer advisory board. We are um, relaying what we hear from our customers into those conversations, but there's nothing better to inform what we do and make sure that we are really solving the problems that people are solving today. Um, we, you know, we need those people that are in the trenches and doing it. So if, if any of your listeners are interested in any of these topics and excited about what we're doing and want to help uh, become a part of the community, you know, please go out to our website and reach out um, and we would love to get, you know, get your voices heard in, in the work that we're doing uh, in the next round of, of content and uh, additions to our framework and, you know, topics that we'll be covering. Well, I know I'm excited. Uh, you know, just that list that you went over and one that, I mean, it was like the hit list of everything that's cool and, and, uh, and hot in IAM right now, but one that jumped out at me is uh, customer IAM. I mean, we've seen a shift of um, our consulting services that Jeff and I do um, taking a bigger and bigger percent 
focused on the customer IAM space. And actually that's my background. So my first IAM project was implementing a, a portal, uh, taking much, multiple websites and doing IAM, but it was external customer facing. And um, just thinking about how broad that space is. And, you know, I, I think it's, it, it's a, a harder problem to solve, especially coming from the standpoint of defining best practices and things like that. I mean, but we, we face those questions all the time. Um, what are the best practices for this workflow or, or things like that? You know, doing passwordless authentication, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, mainly, I think what people are asking when they ask for best practices are, what are our competitors doing? What are other companies doing? And um, I think having a, a forum or having a, a working group focused on that would be excellent. Um, I'm kind of wondering from your perspective, what do you foresee kind of the outcomes of these working groups? Is it going to be the blog articles, the customer stories, the webinars? Is it kind of the, the same structure of content or is there something different? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, and, and uh, Assad Ali, I'll give props to Assad. He is the head of the technical working group. He's a senior technologist with uh, Talus. Uh, and has been really fantastic and and uh, being the cat herder as it relates to the technical working groups and getting these things going. Um, so huge, you know, huge props to him for all he's done around the organization. Um, when we started talking with these leaders and, and we reached out to specific folks uh, and said, hey, you know, you're interested in this topic. Would you take this on and lead this technical working group and almost across the board, everybody said, absolutely. So I, I mean, I, I love that kind of energy. And so that, you know, obviously translates to, to people being very excited about it. And, and with that, we've said, you know, we've, we do have some things that we'd like you to continue to contribute to with the lens of your technical working group. So whether it's the best practices or the framework, um, you know, the security outcomes specifically, those are the things that, you know, we would love for you to, uh, to create outputs that feed into those things that we've already established. But beyond that, you know, it's up to you. I mean, we do have a blog. So if you guys want to do a blog series, fantastic. If you want to hold a webinar um, to educate, if you want a white paper, if, you know, we, we sort of said, you know, run with it. And, and the IDSA and me and Assad will do what we can to support you. Um, so we sort of gave them a bit of free, free reign uh, and I'm, there's at least one group that's doing some really interesting stuff that uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to uh, spoil the surprise, but I think could be really cool um, that will come out later this year. So uh, it's, it's all of those things, really. And, and I also said to them, you know, in their roles, they are closest to the customer these days. Um, I get a chance to talk to customers, but they really are on a day-to-day -day basis talking to customers. And so you know, what is it that they believe is going to be most useful to help the people that they engage with on a daily basis to succeed? So kind of gave them a bit of free reign. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what comes back. It'll be interesting to uh, to follow up on that and see where, where things head. But I think it's always smart to know what it is that you are asking for and whether that's going to be appropriate or not, or even people interested in it. So it's good to hear that, um, you know, some of these organizations are contributing back to the IAM community and security at large, right, by kind of raising the tide for all boats, so to speak, and uh, making it easier to help protect identity at the end of the day, which is what we're all trying to do. And there shouldn't be too much uh, 
consternation around that, let's just say. <laughs> uh, you know, Jim, I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, when, an, when another company gets breached, no one else wants to see that. And, you know, I can certainly, I certainly wouldn't want to because typically what happens is, you know, a competitor gets breached and then there's like, are we next? Are we prepared for that? You know, what, what have we done? And that typically leads to a, a more focus on the IAM part of the organization um, or security, information security in general. Um, you know, when you have something happen to a competitor specifically. So um, it tends to shine lights on things that maybe haven't had a light shown on them in a while, which can be good or bad, depending on, you know, where you're sitting and where you're at. So I think it's, it's good stuff all around. I was just going to say that, you know, in our, in the, in the report that you guys spoke about on a recent podcast, you know, 79% of companies said that they had suffered an identity related breach in the last two years. So the likelihood that your competitor or your peer has, uh, has experienced that is pretty darn high. And, and we also, you know, asked questions around what, um, what their security culture is like so and and this is you know self self-described question but you know do you think about identity uh along with your secu security strategy whether it's at the center or you know you but you've made that connection and are you forward thinking as it relates to implementing identity security outcomes you know or are you proactive and reactive and what we found is that the companies that self-describe themselves as forward thinking only 34 percent of them had had an identity related breach in that two-year time frame. So, you know, there's there's definitely um, there's definitely success in having that focus on an identity-centric approach to security. Yeah, I agree with that. Hence the name of the show. <laughs> so exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, you've been more than generous with your time, and I appreciate that. And um, you know, before we start to wrap up things here, are there any other words of wisdom or things that you'd like to get out there to, to make people more aware of the Identity Defined Security Alliance? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, you mentioned earlier that um, we have a website full of resources and I would encourage people to go uh, and spend some time on it. Um, we have, you know, we've, we've done some research that I think is super interesting and sets the stage for why identity is uh, a critical component of everyone's security strategy or certainly should be. We've got resources out there um, to help you achieve identity-centric security. We've got you know, customer stories of people who have gone before you. And uh, I would encourage people to you know, take some time and, and uh, check out our website. And I would also encourage you, you know, if you have a passion in this space, um, to get involved. Uh, you can sign up in our online community. If you hit um, community on our website, go out, sign up, uh, and get involved. And I, I just want to thank you guys. This has been a lot of fun, and I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Joey. Well, it was it was great having you on the show. Uh, Jim, is there anything that you want to close out with? Well, I, I just wanted to say, um, you know, if I was thinking, I'd like to just recognize or thank all the um, companies who are making the investment in terms of their dollars to support this organization and to have their uh, people participate in the organization and provide the content in a free way. Uh, because I, I do think it's like a treasure trove of content out there that's just available for practitioners to further their education and their uh, expertise in this field. 
And um, I know, you know, having a day job, I know that a lot of this work is probably happening in the evenings and on the weekends. And um, just, uh, you know, people out there like myself appreciate that. Here, here. <laughs> so we're going to have a whole bunch of links in, in this episode. So we'll have a link to the idsalliance.org website. I'll put links also to the best practices and zero trust articles uh, that we kind of talked about here. Um, I have already registered for that webinar that you guys have coming up on hacking identity. So I'll put a link to that as well for folks uh, that want to check that out. And uh, if you want to connect with Jim and I, we're on LinkedIn. You can also visit us at identitycenter.com. We're at IDAC Podcast. Uh, for Twitter on the IDS Alliance, they're at IDS Alliance, which is another good one to follow. And then uh, I think with that, we're going to go ahead and close it up for this week. Uh, appreciate you joining us today, Julie. And uh, thank everyone for listening. And we'll talk to everyone in the next one. You've been listening to the Identity at the Center podcast. For more episodes, visit identityatthecenter.com.